welcome to the season six wrap-up of Setting the Tone, and ER Retrospective. My name is Elizabeth, and with me today, as always, are Lauren. Ahoy, hoy. And Daniel. Hey. And also joining us once again is our master of ceremonies for the sixth annual, semi-annual, excuse me, Tony Awards. Please welcome in Jake of the Popular Court. Y'all are looking good today. I'm feeling pretty <laughs> optimistic about season six, and I'm feeling optimistic about this wrap-up. I feel like sh- I feel like shit. So you know, great. I would say Happy Pride, but is this releasing before June's done? Uh maybe? Question mark. I think it I might think be the so. last thing in season or in the last thing in uh, June, I believe. Hey, you know what? We can be proud no matter what. All year is. round. This is that's true. Amen. With my STT Pride shirt, I sure can. Which you can find <laughs> online at settingthetone.buymyfuckingmerch.com. <laughs> Yep, it's it's season end. Can't you uh, tell? But thank you, Jake. You're looking swell as well. All right, let's let's kick it off. Uh, let's kick it off, Daniel. Give us some stats. Season stats much uh, briefer than it was last season because uh, they decided <laughs> they decided to dispense with the previously on ER uh, thing this season. So no no pre episode stingers. Uh, so uh, nobody. Nobody did one. Uh, everybody was shut out this season. But uh, for average viewers, we were actually up about uh, three quarters of a mil uh, this season. Uh, 29.75 mil on average tuning in. Of course, I'm sure that was uh, helped tremendously by uh, All in the Family and um, Great Expectations and Such Sweet Sorrow. Like, I'm sure those three episodes alone probably did quite a bit to juice that number up. Mm-hmm. Um and number of twinkles, we were at three for the season. So we were at uh, 19 bangs and three twinkles. Sounds like fun. And of course, we hate the we hate the award people that just in general, or just the award people hate <laughs> e- hated ER. Because uh, we got the 2000 Primetime Emmys. Uh, ER was nominated for Outstanding Drama Series. Juliana Margulies was, out, was nominated for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series. And looks like we have outstanding guest actor in a drama series with Alan Alda. How the fuck did he not win? Yeah, I think it, and I want to say it was somebody from like the practice or something who won. Fuck the, the practice. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I, now I have to look. Now I have. To, I, I, I do this every time we do this. Uh, I don't make note of who they actually. Uh, James Whitmore for the practice. There you go. Okay then. Uh, but outstanding directing in a drama series, Jonathan Kaplan for All in the Family, also nominated. John Wells for Such Sweet Sorrow, nominated. Just always a bridesmaid, never, yep. never a bride. The cur- well, they had those sweeps early on, so. But it's the it's but- the curse of being the show that's just consistently good. Like mm-hmm. you yeah. always you always get overshadowed by the uh neck the the new hot thing on the block you know which around this time would have been like the Sopranos you know which is sweeping everything. Okay, so this is how I know I'm listening to too many TV recap uh, podcasts. Is I'm not sure if it's a discussion we had on our show or if it's a discussion I heard on the Longest Night talking about their award winnings for um, Game of Thrones and the mm. same curse. But yeah, it's. All major shows go through it. I was going to say, yeah. I remember that was the case for The Office for almost its entire run. Like, it didn't win hardly anything because it was just the show that was everybody universally agreed was like, yep, it's good. And they didn't feel the need to, like, reward it for it. Isn't that the whole point of these shows? Anyway, at the 2000 Golden Globes, also two nominations, no wins. Uh, Nominations for Best Television Series and also uh, Best Lead Actress in a Drama Series, once again, with Juliana Margulies. Two, picking up two nominations on our way out the door. There you go. Well, let's. Uh, speaking of people we are uh, saying goodbye to, let's get into the list of characters that we said goodbye to in season uh, six. Uh, we actually have a, a decent sized list of characters that we actually got definitive endings for, uh, and a much shorter list of ones that uh, we just kind of let fade into the background uh starting first and foremost with the most unpleasant of side characters maybe in the contention for my least favorite side story of the show up to this point like (laughs) really just viscerally hated this storyline on an organic level uh elaine nichols who leaves us in season six episode five when uh her and carter break up and she just disappears off into the ethos they'll see each other again at the family reunion no she's divorced from his cousin not anymore disgusting that just whole storyline just made my skin crawl uh a much of remarried into someone else stop it there's many more cousins 
a much more significant goodbye that isn't really treated with that much more significance than Elaine was. Uh, the very next episode, season six, episode six, where we say goodbye kind of to one Jeannie Boulay. Uh, which is every time I do these outlines, it's always, but it's, I don't think it's ever been more um, apparent than it has been doing this one of like, fuck, that was this season. Like, yeah, because it's what? We're six months to a season, so. Yeah. Holy shit. Like, Can you remember what you were doing 20 weeks ago? I don't fucking know. Yeah, this is. This. it's true but like this just just feels like we talked about this a lot uh, as the season wound down of just like this whole season has felt like the first half exists in an alternate timeline like that what we're doing in the second half feels like it has nothing to do with what we were doing in the first half and it just feels like a different show completely and uh perfectly illustrated by genie here who gets one of the least satisfying goodbyes in the history of the show and just kind of gets shoved in at the last 10 minutes of her final episode to just like wave as she leaves uh and uh i hate it uh and her her cameo appearance in season 14 is not that much better like it's pretty much it's i mean it's good it's good to see her again but it's a huge fucking bummer like nothing is going well for her in her life at that point so uh kind of sucks uh but uh the streak continues with season six episode seven where we say goodbye to uh lauren's favorite trauma case uh gabe lawrence uh, aka alan fucking all the y'all uh, which we will certainly have plenty to say about him uh, when we get to the Tony Awards portion of the event uh, a little bit later on. Uh, but just reliving that whole storyline again was just, <laughs> it was both a joy and pain at the same time. Like it's, I loved getting to revisit it. Yeah, yeah. I, I did too. I had such a blast with it and just to just kind of bask in his presence and glory Best was just, glory. thank you for saying it. So I didn't have to. Uh, so the streak ends there at season six, episode seven. Uh, we skipped a week, didn't say goodbye to anybody. And season six, episode nine's entry is a, is the most tongue in cheek of anything uh, on this list. But I felt compelled to put it on there. Uh, the nineties. We said goodbye to the decade in which all of us kind of came of age. Uh, the nineties uh, with our final episode of the decade, season six, episode nine. I know we talked a lot about it at the time. I couldn't tell you anything about that episode off the top of my head, but. Oh, no, it's, I, it's, very, it's a very nice episode, I'm sure. I was about to say the decade all of us were born, but nope, have to remind myself again. That's not true. Yep, nope. nope. Literally, it's only I think, me, isn't it? Literally just you. Uh, I made it into the I made it into the 80s by I think six weeks. So I I'm close. I'm very close. But again, we've been doing this for three years, and I still forget that I am in fact like at least two years younger than all of you. <laughs> You're the baby. Jake, you were you were 89? 89, August. Well? 89. Jesus. Okay. Uh, and then uh, season six, episode eleven, another unpleasant goodbye as we say goodbye to the Ugh. another viscerally uncomfortable side character, uh, Dean Rollins, who uh, Corday leaves shouting mm. in the uh, newly minted hospital prison ward that we discovered exists this season uh, that we'd never heard tell of before, but uh, is that we got to see twice, we got to see several times, yeah. Uh, and speaking of heartbreaking goodbyes, uh. season six, episode 14, we said goodbye to one Lucy Knight in uh, one of just one of, if not the best episodes in the entire 15 season run. Uh, our longest episode, uh, our, our longest two episodes back to back, Be Still My Heart and All in the Family, just absolute monsters to get through. I think we justified the runtime, though. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's there was a lot to dig into, and we knew those were going to be tough ones to get through. And, um, man, it does not get any easier on a rewatch. I'll put it this way. My benchmark on if we've done justice with our runtime is if Jake has had to put up with us live tweeting in the group (laughs) message and then goes and listens to the episode and enjoys it anyway, that's how I know we've done okay. The retrospective yeah. was really good. I mean, obviously, the retrospective is, like, my favorite content that y'all make, mm-hmm. which y'all would know if you subscribed at patreon.com slash settingthetonepod. Uh, but it was... Podcast, uh, excuse you. Just yeah. let it <laughs> um, Hey, he's going to shill for us. He may as well shill right. That's fair. But anyway, retrospective. Yeah, the, the retrospective was really great because um, it just it, it made me so much more appreciative of, you know... Lucy Knight as a character, yes, but just the actress that plays her and like how vital she was to my freaking childhood. Like you just yeah. would have no idea. <laughs> and so yeah, the the storyline over the season was incredible. 
the goodbye was incredible because uh, I really liked Lucy. Mm-hmm. Yep, you, you grow to love her over her time on the show, and it was uh, not any easier to get through those two episodes on rewatch. Um, but getting into more recent traumas, uh, we uh, start with season six, episode 20, uh, David Green, who we say goodbye to uh, when he passes away and gets a smooch on the lips from his son <laughs> uh, immediately after he dies. Pretty weird. Which, which I have been, this is a good time to do it because this will go up on both feeds. I have been corrected on the I love you too, dad. I was pointed the error of my ways on our Discord on why his his delivery was the way it was. I'm viewing it a little less heartless moving forward for Mark. But yeah, my heart's still broken for David. Yeah, uh, an e- excellent moment overall and an excellent goodbye. And yeah. just like as we'll get into when we get into the awards portion, like an excellent just presence in the whole season. Like he really I, I did not remember him having such a like mm-hmm. uh, big impact on a lot of the events of season six. Like I remembered his goodbye and I remembered how that right. played out. But I just didn't think of like how many times I would find myself saying like, you know, damn, I really love John Cullum and damn, I'm really yeah. glad he's here. I'm devastated we don't get any more John Column now. Right, yeah. Yeah. Almost as big of a loss as the character himself. Because, uh, yep. goddamn. Uh, and then finally, our most recent goodbye, uh, another kind of, uh, Carol Hathaway, who we said goodbye to uh, just a couple episodes ago in Season 6, Episode 21, when she finally, 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 some would argue a season and a half too late, uh, fucks off to Seattle uh, for her happily ever after with one Douglas Tiberius Ross. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, which, you know, uh, by the time this episode drops, I, by the, as we're recording this, it hasn't come out yet, but by the time uh, you are listening to this, uh, we just spent an hour, almost two hours, uh eulogizing carol the character and and putting that all to bed we have talked that to death so hopefully you are uh sick of hearing about carol by this point uh but of course it is kind of because we will be seeing her again uh in a season 15 cameo with uh her better half so well lauren and i have started watching the good wife so we're we sure have our julian margulies fix there you and go. since we're watching it together i am obligated to finish it. <laughs> we, i i've been uh powering my way through a sopranos rewatch podcast and i'm at the point in the show where uh she makes her cameo appearance or her her guest appearances and um I forgot the one detail when we did the Carol retrospective. I forgot the one detail about it is that her character in that show is also named Juliana. And they go, they, they go through a lot of like, is this a Tony Danza situation where she can't remember to be called anything other than her name? So they just named the character Juliana. It was very funny, but, but that's all the ones we actually said goodbye to. And for the, for all those that we actually said goodbye to, People got bobbed as well. It's, it's, it's ER. People are going to get bobbed. Three and a half people in this case. <laughs> <laughs> Three and a half because one, well, I'll get to it. But uh, starting off with Transport Tony. We lost him in season six, episode two. We hardly knew ye. Wish we had more of him. World's him. biggest Tomb Raider fan. Exactly. <laughs> See, we could, have a, we could have had a good video game presence on this show. but Did we really need one, though? I don't know. I I'm mean, a fucking nerd. Up, I up want to, more video games everywhere. Up to this point, the show itself has had a pretty good video game representation. I mean, how many times have we seen them playing Doom or um, Mark? Excuse me, That's the true. most iconic scene in the whole fucking show, Delamico playing with a Tamagotchi? Come on, guys. Yeah. Mark Mark really true. zoned out and PTSD'd in front of a Mortal Kombat uh, arcade cabinet, <laughs> like yep. just having a normal one. Should have been a Digimon, though, Jake. Should have been a Digimon. I don't think that existed at the time that that episode aired. I don't think that. Had- oh, yeah. They, yeah, they did. They came out like near like one right after the other. 98, 99. Yeah. I always had yeah, a Digimon. But that episode, I didn't get a Tamagotchi but, until my Digimon broke. But season four would have been like 97, 98. Okay, that's fair. Okay, fair, 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 fair. Who else? Anyway, uh, Al Garbarski. Hmm. Uh, we lost him in season six, episode 10. R.I.P. in peace. Go see him watch Boomers. He d- he didn't die. <laughs> he just went to go be go be a cop elsewhere while Lydia stayed at the ER. He's working the streets. <laughs> that not that that came out differently than I had expected it would. But. I'd watch that show. Working work, work his beat. It's funny. Well, it's funny because Chicago cops suck and don't actually walk the streets and don't actually do anything. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but we also lost uh, a new our new 
ish. New ish. Uh, our favorite Keanu impersonator, Andrew. We lost him in season six, episode fifteen. All right, that guy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Whoa. I can't do a Keanu impersonator. That's I don't fine. Know what I'm talking about. That. Anyway, and here's the hack. Because we lose Rachel, but the first version of her. So in episode 21, we lose Rachel 1. We'll have Rachel 2 next season, but we'll get there. Yeah, her hat survives, but she doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) They keep the hat, but not the actress. Yeah. And she's completely different anyway, so whatever. Uh, So season six, general thoughts about it what do we want to talk about with the discussion of season six here i mean it's for my money i mean it's it's unquestionably the best season we have had thus far um from beginning to end even even though it is the one as we talked about on the finale episode it's the one where things are the most starkly different from the beginning of the season to the end like the show is almost unrecognizable from season six episode one to episode 22 but I think what I like about it is while it is that stark difference, it's still cohesive as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a pretty hard pivot at well, at the midway point. Like, a, Yes, there's a pivot, but I'm saying it still strings together well does. enough, and you can see how they get from A to B. It's a huge pivot, right. but it's done with enough like finesse that you're not like, well, shit, what just happened? Right. And it's the season two that I think has the fewest number of like glaring weaknesses. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you went episode by episode and just kind of like marked out which ones are the the good ones or the ones that you would keep, I feel like you'd only come away from this season with like two or three clunkers, like which the average, I think, is closer to like five. You know, you'd have Mm -hmm. around five or six episodes a season where you'd go, yeah, these aren't very good. But this one really like one in the end, like end run there that I would consider like a bad episode. Right, yeah. There's that like, that little like soft squishy part. Two. The the yeah that soft squishy part immediately following um, all in the family. But before we get into the David Green stuff wrapping up mm-hmm. and all that, like sixteen through eighteen or so is like pretty forgettable. But you almost had to have a couple of weeks to just let things breathe and like come down from the high of the oh, the two part. Yeah, imagine going right from all in the family into. Plus, hey, David's going to die in two episodes after All in the Family. Yeah. I mean, they kind of do tell you he's going to die pretty soon. But but they don't don't get into the the, heavy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The actual emotional ending episode. At least people have a few weeks to breathe after All in the Family. Right. Before that sadness occurs. Yeah. Um, For my money, the second best season in the entire show. I personally prefer season seven as overall. Mm -hmm. But... Season six is it's like one and one a right to me. Season six is absolutely fantastic, mostly killer, only a little filler, like Daniel said. Best guest stars, probably for my money, in this in this season, bolstered bolstered bolstered, <laughs> bolstered solely by Ellen Alda. Like there's some there's some other good stuff in there. There's some other good people in there, but. Just Alan Alda is my favorite guest star in the entire series, probably. Mm. I know Sally Field is gonna obviously make a run for that for that claim to fame, but yeah. I preferred Alan Alda's storyline to 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 Sally Fields. So that's just that's just me. I also like okay. Alan Alda more as an actor than Sally Field, and that's okay. Yeah, I mean, shots are going to be fired, but that's yeah, it's, I think it speaks to the I think it speaks to the quality of the season overall that you could have two storylines in the first half of the season that are completely reviled and complete clunkers. And it does not drag the season down whatsoever. Like you have two side stories that uh, in Elaine and Dean that in other seasons could have tanked the first half of the season. Like could have been Mm -hmm. like, wow, this season really sucks until we get to the halfway point. And because the Alan Alda stuff is so good and the other stuff that's happening is so good that you don't even really think about those when you think about the season as a whole. You forget they even happened. Yeah, I forgot. I totally forgot that Elaine. I thought Elaine happened last in season five. Yeah. For some it's reason. easy to confuse like, John Carter's blondes. I was going to say, they're they're all a little bit the same. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, I, so to chime in here, like I, I would say, like Lizzie, I think season seven is my favorite. Um, but season of what I've seen so far, six was incredible though. And, and definitely as far as where y'all are, 
the best so far. And I think I've stopped like how I would characterize the season. I stopped thinking about each individual episode, like I, except for like all in the family, like that is obviously like an episode, but there's no like blizzard or, you know, 24 hours or whatever. Like it's, I it, track it just by storylines. And so I can mm-hmm. pick out storylines that I really, really hated um, and didn't like, but like Danny said, it, it doesn't drag the entire season down. I mean, really everyone is firing on all cylinders and it's just a joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an excellent way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually really like the fact that it's compl- a completely different show from the beginning to the end. Cause a show like this long has to evolve. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they did a perfect, a perfectly good job of that, a, an excellent job of it with having All in the Family be the hard demarcation line right. between two different shows, really, like you said. I like that because it means that it, I like the fact that it, the end of the season had a different flavor because it, it felt more fresh. Yeah, it stays fresh. Instead of getting into, instead of getting into like season one, like, 18 through like 25 pretty much is like the doldrums of Mm -hmm. what are we doing here? I mean, if you think about like most shows run for what, like six, seven seasons. And if you like think about where this would be for a normal show is like, you're kind of wrapping things up. You're gearing for one big swing with a season seven, but this show doesn't, I mean, obviously we can look back in hindsight and know it goes for 15 years, but like it, it doesn't feel like a normal season six. It it just feels like a continual evolution. And I, I dig that. It's also like somebody pointed out uh, when we were doing the Such Sweet Sorrow episode, like um, a listener pointed out that like if you wanted it to and if you weren't interested in the stuff that comes afterwards, because there is a kind of a marked shift in how things change afterwards. And and, um, for the original crew, things do get much darker. And there's then there's this new era of characters coming in that you maybe don't. depending on your preferences, you may not appreciate as much. So if you're this like diehard day one fan and you are really attached to the, the first cast, uh, the end of season six or, or, or at least um, such sweet sorrow when Carol gets her happy ending, that's a, a not a terrible starting or a, not a terrible stopping point. If you are somebody who's been there since day one, you just want to push things forward until the best possible moment and like get out while you're, you know, still ahead in the money and not, not have to watch what's going to happen to Mark over the next two years and, and watch Benton leave and watch Carter go through what he's going to go through. Like it gets pretty dark for a while there. And like, this is a, an excellent opportunity if you're not up for that kind of stuff to just stop it there and start the show back over at the beginning. If you're doing a rewatch, like it's, it's, just cool how that you can compartmentalize different eras of the show that way yeah and i don't know if i don't know if jake phrased it this way but can we just celebrate the fact that this show is just getting better yeah yeah just getting and we'll it might i might be able to peak next season but like for for a lot of people even if it peaked this season the fact that it peaked in season six right yeah a lot of modern shows are running on fumes by six yeah yeah, just how wild that is in and, this age. And I'm a weirdo, and I like the later seasons, so yeah. I'm intrigued to revisit that. That is, so. that is my uh, thing, too. Of like, I, I mean, yes, if I have to take them as whole seasons, obviously, for me, I prefer the first half of the show to the second half. But mm-hmm. my favorite, some of my favorite individual episodes come in the latter half of the show. Like, my favorite episode of all time is in season 11, which is not... Uh, particularly like on its surface not a particularly like oh man all-time great season like time of death i can i'm, the I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking at yeah i'm looking at lizzie's yeah, face like, time of death it's very curious yeah time of death is my all-time favorite episode of the whole show and then and then other ones in there too like you know um uh i'm gonna struggle with episode titles but like uh heal thyself and um Two ships. Book of Abbey, Two Ships. Like, there's there's plenty of stuff in the latter half of the show, single episodes that I love and want to revisit. Um, but for a full se- full season kind of chunk, this is, I think, this or seven is going to be probably the best we will ever see. Uh, and certainly the most positive we will be, you know, at the end of a season. And, like, this was a, another thing that a listener pointed out to me um, a while ago, and I've been, like, putting a pin in it in my brain to bring it up because it's it's it was such a perfect analogy because you would think like if you think about the show er like 
even though even though he was only on it for like a third of the time Clooney is such a like big presence in the show's history and like kind of looms over it and you would think that like it's crazy to think that the first full season after he's gone might be the show's best and the way that this listener put it to me um, when they brought it up was like and I apologize to this person if they're listening I just cannot remember your name and I cannot even remember where you sent this to me to, to go back and give you credit but like just know that it made an impression on me um, the way that they described it was like uh, it's almost like when a uh, sports team gets rid of its star player and now they're able to share the ball more like now mm. they're able to spread mm. out the offense over all these other really talented maybe not quite as talented as like a superstar level talent but you're able to then cater the offense to work as a team and work more as an ensemble not to say that that you know it was by design but it was just the fact of like he was kind of reaching this like crescendo of superstardom and by nature, you had to kind of focus things more on him. And with him not being there and that looming presence not being there, you're able to then take all of the attention and focus that was going towards his storylines and spread them out over the group as a whole. And it works so – I mean, I think no no better than in this season do we see the, the strength of the ensemble where the whole cast is kind of working in concert with one another. I mean, how many episodes this season did we find ourselves saying like, there are no weak links in this episode. Like everybody's doing their best. Everybody is doing uh, really, really well. And even in the ones where somebody was having an off week or what did have an unsatisfying storyline, the strength of all those other performances was kind of lifting them up and bringing us back to, you know, that seven, eight, nine range where we found ourselves in almost every episode. So, Obviously, I know Daniel's answer is going to be Elaine, but what was everyone's least favorite part of the season? Oh, Jesus, Dean. Dean, I'd agree with that. Solid option. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really a coin flip toss up between Dean and Elaine for just like storylines that you were just like, dude, can we be done with this? Oh, oh, one other one. Hold on. Just a second. Two seconds. I'm checking my brain. Um, also, Martha Plimpton. Her, uh, her weird thing. Who? I, 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 the the uh, waitress Meg. the waitress who was pregnant. That, oh, uh, Carol yeah. The, the girl from the Goonies. Yeah. I, I like her as an actress, but yeah, that, that storyline yeah. was yeah, a Yeah, that, and that's the one that that's, saves that one for me is, is that like yeah. the performances are really strong, but it just makes Carol look really bad. Yeah, yeah. that was going to be my, that was going to be my yeah. pick personally was just it's so out of character. But that's another thing too, like, that like this, that's a side story just, in the first half uh, of the season that that's now three side stories in the first half of the season that are either they're like best out of the three is like just okay. Like they go from just okay to really terrible. And we should look back on that and be like, wow, the first half of season six sucks. And we just don't like the whole season yeah. still works. Despite the fact Alan fucking Aldi, y'all. he really does. See, Alan Alda He's doing it's the mash effect, doing a lot of heavy lifting there. Get it. The absent minded professor there. There you go. Is there any other general things we want to talk about or have we kind of covered it all, do we think? I I think that's all I've got. I'm curious how, because uh, Jake has watched the season now, what, one and a half times? Because you watched it full on twice. It. I've seen the season twice. I watched it first after the wrap up and then I rewatched all of it again recently and then have gone through the beginning of nine. So the first... Um, the, as a, as always with these, you're you're watching these for the first time with fresh eyes. I want to know that a, you know, like we've we've seen this happen with big event episodes before. Um, the one that always comes to mind is Long Way Around, where we like Hype hyped episodes to a, a nauseating degree for you, and it made it difficult for you to uh, enjoy them on the same wavelength that we did. Um, so, how did that episode, those two episodes, really? Because it's hard to separate them. Um, how did those two episodes stack up for you at, on a first time watch? Um, and then the other, well, answer that one first. Like how, how did those two episodes stack up? So I will say, I think for the first time in the history of watching this and doing these wrap ups is like, it's the first one that's lived up to the hype because the first time I watched it, <laughs> like the only way I can really describe it is breathtaking. Like, I, mm-hmm. And this is this is for Lauren and for nobody else. I'm so sorry for all these other video <laughs> games. Like, so Lauren, like when you fight like a boss in Bloodborne, like Orphan Akos, and it just like it's everything is so fast paced. It's frenetic. You can't you don't have a moment to catch your breath. And like 
it, it leaves you feeling breathless. And that is exactly how I would describe, like, All in the Family is the orphan of cost of episodes where, like, I, I was just gobsmacked by it. And it it really was good to rewatch it because on the second watch, I could actually appreciate all the, like, little things in their performances. And I, I really, I really loved, I mean, honestly, like, if we're talking like a part one, part two is like the best the show has ever been. And so like watching it the first time, breathless is exactly how I would describe it because like I, I, I got out of it. And I was just like gobsmacked. It was like seeing everything I, everywhere all at once again. Like I was just gobsmacked by it and it was, it was great to rewatch. That's how I describe it. I was going to say, I think, I think enough of us have played a souls born game through a boss fight <laughs> to understand the basis of that analogy. But I do appreciate it. Sorry, Mary. (laughs) (laughs) We gotta bring her back. So yeah, I so I yeah watching those two again completely. Like this season, watching it again with Zaheda, like it cemented it. Like I wasn't gonna stop because normally I stop after the next season, but we just kept going because I was so into it. And season seven is so fucking good that it just kept making me want to go further. And I'm on a break now. I had a, I had a pretty good stopping point where I just like, I need to divorce myself a little bit from helicopters and just things in general <laughs> that, you know, I can really appreciate season six and season seven, um, which are, are definitely the highlights of the show. And like, I, I I'm so into it. And, and the crazy thing, and, and, and I don't know if y'all know this. So when y'all started this pod, and this is just totally diverging from what y'all asked me to, but anyways, um, shocked. I, did not watch seasons one or two of ER. I would listen every week when the podcast was coming out. And so when we did season three is when I started watching. And so now, I mean, obviously I still think I need a break, but I may go back and watch seasons one and two to really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Other than a few episodes, I didn't, I didn't watch the whole thing. I was going to say, I, th- I right. think I made you like a curated list of season mm-hmm. one where it was like, these are the ones that if you are going to watch, the like if you need to watch only specific episodes and can't stomach the full 25 these are the ones that you should like because season one is bloated as hell like it really is like the the whole show is bloated by modern standards like a 22 episode order in 2022 sounds insane but 25 sounds really fucking insane especially for how high quality it like i want to go back on past retrospectives and like retcon what i said about those seasons because of how good season (laughs) six and seven because like now i have a good measuring stick for like what is good er and i want to go back and be like season four really really and like that's that's how good this fucking season was and yeah it absolutely lived up to the hype um so i'm I'm excited to to talk more about it so and so the second half is uh, something that might because you haven't really watched episode by episode of the first two seasons, you may not have the same sort of reference that we had going into the big retrospective that we just finished. But like, what were your feelings when it came time for Carol to leave the show at the end of the season? And were you in a, were you in a similar place to us where you were like, let's fucking go thousand percent. Like she should have left with Doug. Like it just, she felt like a vestigial organ that just needed to be excised. (laughs) Because every time she showed up on screen and had a storyline, I'm just like, I, I just don't care. Like, she just needs to go. And then she would complain that, like, Doug's not around. And I'm like, you told him not to come around. I don't it, – it's, it's complicated. And I was just so – I was so tired of her by the end. And then she gets the lady, like, arrested. And that's the whole thing. And I don't know. I was just – I was so tired of it. And then she was like, maybe, maybe not with Kovac. And I'm just like – Mm, I just don't, I don't like this. And so I was very, very happy when she actually left and it was definitely, it was too long. It was, it was too much, too much butter, butter spread over too much bread or whatever that saying is uh, too little butter over too much bread, whatever. Uh, you, you did bring up an interesting point. One that I want you to try to isolate as much as possible into season six, because I know these feelings develop once you get to season seven and, and eight. Uh, we had three, possibly, I think maybe the most we will ever get in a single season until we get very close to the end, uh, new cast members this season. And as a first time watcher, and this is kind of the first big wholesale cast change that you see on the show. How did those three feel for you coming in brand new? And how did they, the three are Cleo Kovac and, um, Malucci. Abby. 
Oh, Abby. Abby? Yeah, I guess Abby four. Abby See? four. Okay. I, just, I'm th- I was thinking of the th- and Frank. <laughs> Lauren, you're gonna. Um, you're gonna keep this up. Also, we met yeah. Frank in the pilot. Yeah, we so. we met Frank. Okay, so uh, no, sorry, four four new cast members. I was thinking of the three that come in within like two episodes. I want to save Malucci for last because I have a conspiracy theory about y'all. Um, so first, <laughs> Abby really like Abby. Abby Abby is great. I think the the storyline is pretty neat and it's like where it goes is like pretty interesting. I definitely see the connections of like um, Carol thinking about you know doing med school and everything and the transition of being a nurse versus doctor. I thought people were just treating her like shit for no reason. It's like, come on guys. Like just because she's like, was a nurse, but like crossed the line into being like, just fucking grow up. <laughs> um, yeah. Liked her Kovach. I have complicated feelings about, I like him at first. I think he's great. He is so obviously a, a, a more handsome George Clooney. Um, but I, Clooney. I, yeah, I, I very much uh, like him at first uh, up until he murders a man. And we're then, talking about season six. OK, fair enough. Fair enough. Talking about season six. Yeah, he's I mean, Kovach later on throughout the season gets very complicated because he does some really shit like he takes it too far, like violating bodily autonomy too far. Like, I I don't know. It He, he makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> um who who else was there? Um, uh, the Cleo, Cleo and then Malucci. like Cleo. I uh, my only beef with Cleo, my habits with her is just like she much like Corday, like her character disappears into a relationship. But I like Cleo. I think she's cool. Um, yeah. And then we got Malucci, who uh, I really liked throughout the entire season. I liked him. Um, mm-hmm. But my conspiracy theory amongst y'all is in it, it goes like this listeners here's the timeline and it involves a meme that was posted on march i don't know the exact date but like y'all were preemptively shitting on malucci and like he's all you know because you, you had that expectation and then you shat on him for like the first episode or two or whatever and then you posted a meme about him and then eric paladino catches you <laughs> red-handed and what happens you're like Next episode. Wow, guys, I Malucci is in like greatest character on the show. And so I I I believe and I love you all. And so I I will go to bat and say you all will have generally changed your opinion based on this rewatch, but for but, now. Oh, yeah, the the way he exits the show, mm, we'll get there. Um but it's like my conspiracy theory was that because he caught y'all in a meme the actor caught y'all in a meme. You changed your opinion on it, but I, y- y'all have higher journalistic integrity than that. And so I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but all I'm going to say is Eric Paladino caught y'all with a, with a good meme. And you you changed I your tune real me, quick. I'll say, first off, one of our listeners tagged. I was going to say, we got, we got snitch second tagged. Off, um, second off, I think part of it was it's, it's always good for us to remember sometimes that, these people have access to everything we're putting out there mm-hmm, and yeah. that sometimes that shit will happen and sometimes they might hear the show and it's like, oh, you know, maybe maybe we should give this character a chance before we just start shit posting on them and wait till they get awful before we do this. But, Lauren's, um, but yeah, it Lauren's was, still it was waking so up in a cold funny. sweat at the thought of Ellen Crawford hearing her call her a thirst trap. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm fine. No, no, I'm fine if she calls me a thirst trap, wants to email me and ask Lauren, what the fuck? <laughs> It's if she if she hears us making fun of boomers, that's when I will feel like I am. That was to go that to was hell. like first. That was like Baby first boomers. ten episodes. That was like one of our first big like bits. But I'm just I'm just saying like that's gonna be. I don't care if she hears me calling her a thirst trap <laughs> and implying that Lydia sleeps uh, around. I love Lydia. It's great. I'm always celebrating her sexual independence. I will be worried, however, if Ellen Crawford hears us making fun of her and her husband's pet project. <laughs> See, you want to talk about meme shit posts? I'm convinced that that entire series is just one big meme shit post. I don't yeah, know. It, it, it could go yeah, either way. It could way. go either way, and that's, I guess, the beauty of great art. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> right, Jake, journalistic yeah. integrity. Oh, yeah. Uh, that meme also did uh, give birth to one of the bits that I'm the most proud of of all time, the Malucci facts. Like I, that was so good. That was so <laughs> funny. Malucci facts was excellent. Like that. Uh, that speaking of things that came to you at a cold sweat, like waking you up out of a dead sleep of like I need to write this down now so I don't forget about it. Like I wrote all of those at like five thirty in the morning, half asleep because I was in just like I have to get this out of my brain. 
in 20 years when you get to the best of season six for the end of the year, I'm very excited just to have uh, the Malucci facts on a super cut. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was uh, – you're. You, no, I don't think you're uh, wrong at all, Jake. I think I think his uh, – the, the experience that we had with him of, like, getting called out and, like – and him being so cool about it, you know, like yeah. Him, yeah, he was very he fun was about very it. fun about it. Like he was a totally good sport about it. Um, and like every every interaction I've had with him since then has been nothing less than 100 percent positive. And so that has to like influence our opinion of the character somewhat. But also too, uh, divorced completely from all of that. I feel like I would like to think anyway that like had none of that happened. I still would have come away from season six with a much, much, much higher mm-hmm. opinion of that character than I ever would have thought possible. Because I remember from watching on my first watch through how much I disliked that character and how much I was just ready for him to leave. And hey. that's not been the case. We're getting into, we're getting into award stuff. No, yeah, I know, but I, I know, but I'm just saying like, just in general, like I, I really it's... liked Malucci. I, I, I feel so much of myself in that character because I also like, say i don't want to say inappropriate things but i try and get a laugh out of people or whatever and it doesn't always land i would argue most of the time it doesn't land and so (laughs) i see a lot of myself in him and i up until he gets farrah fawcett hair in season seven or eight seven um i actually think it's season eight um maybe i don't know who cares anyway so he he gets a hair change and it's not a good vibe but overall i i'm i'm very pro malucci I've got the female equivalent to Malucci hair right now, so I can't talk. <laughs> the blonde highlight. I suppose, yeah. <sighs> uh, anything else before we dive into listener responses? Let me add them. Lauren, what the listeners have to say about season six? I'm going to see if I can do this without tapping out. At some point, Daniel's going to yell at me to, <laughs> to drop out, but I'm going to try. Um, Allie M says, This is probably my favorite season in what I consider to be peak ER, seasons three through eight. There were so many memorable episodes and storylines, from Carol having the twins and eventually reuniting with Doug, to Mark helping his ailing father, and of course, Be Still My Heart and All in the Family. There were also a lot of great moments of humor and camaraderie, like Carrie's tirade in Such Sweet Sorrow and Mark and Elizabeth singing karaoke, not to mention them having vastly different reactions to their parents hooking up. I can't think of anything I didn't like in this season. It was packed and worth every minute. Sarah B says, Without a doubt, the jeet, the goat of the show. So bittersweet, the joy of Carol having the twins, reuniting with Doug, seeing Clooney again for real life, Bluey reference, if you know, you know, mixed with the heartache of losing Lucy and David Green. Carter's transition from arrogant doctor to a down-and-out addict the arrival of Abby, and of course, the fabulous romance of Elizabeth and Mark. Scenes I will never forget, and I watch them as a 15-year-old. Carol saying she's bleeding out, Carter's face when he sees Lucy across from him when they both got stabbed, Benton running down the stairs, Benton after the intervention, all give me goosebumps just thinking of them. Alan Alda's entire storyline, the softer side of Weaver, Corday and the Rapist, Honestly, it's the season that just keeps on giving. What's not to love? Uh, Corday and the Rapist. <laughs> yeah. I'd agree with that. One of don't these things is either. not like the other. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dan- right, right down. Don't is love this about that rapist? <laughs> uh, T-shirt coming but soon. But each their own. It's a powerful sequence. I'll give you that. Grace B says, I know I've mentioned this on a previous post, but since I was introduced to the podcast during season six, welcome aboard. How the Finch Stole Christmas came up in the main timeline just before my first Ramadan. So I've decided to incorporate it as an annual holiday tradition for myself. And I know it'll remind me also it'll remind me also of the podcast and everyone I've met since I started listening. So season six is special to me because I've been lucky enough to spend the last two months laughing and smiling so hard. Thanks, y'all. Hmm. <laughs> I needed that today. Thank you. Uh Gen T. Oh boy, Gen T. Let's let's, let's see. Fucking, let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Um, so, due to COVID brain and still being on meds that make me wax poetic about weird shit, hence the Mayday post the other night, I'm gonna keep this short and sweet. One of the best seasons of the series, check. The introduction of two of the series' iconic characters and ships, even though we don't know it yet, and Jen's personal faves, check. And I know you know exactly who I'm talking about. 
For our listeners, it's Abby and Luca. <laughs> Three of the show's most iconic episodes, at least. Check. Alan Alda? Check. Bench? Check. <laughs> David hashtag Green? Bench. What? That's a hashtag bench. Hashtag bench. David Green? Check. Green Day parental hookups? Check. That's an odd way to put it. Yep. Um, it's true. Daniel Evans deciding maybe Bel- Daniel Evans deciding maybe Malucci isn't so bad after all? Check. Carter reminding us why we love him, even though we will soon remember he's an absolute shitbird for three more seasons? Check. Hothavach friendship? Check. Clooney cameo? Check. Green Day? Half check. This was a fun season to listen to, and I cannot wait to dive into season seven. Well done. Excellent. Um... Haley Kay says, season six was the first season I bought the DVDs for. I used to watch them every day after school while I did my homework. They became almost like a comfort background noise for me. It has one of my favorite episodes in it, Great Expectations, and we got to welcome a fan favorite character in Luca, and I'm loving how early they are dashing in his and Abby's chemistry. Great season, great stories. Season seven, start it up. Franner W says, it would be easy to go with the obvious here, but this season has so much going on. An emotional watch back this time around for Franner. Stand out for me is Mark and David fixing their relationship. Uh, Perfect from both. Even the kiss on the mouth. I think the subtleties of Carter sliding into his addiction are wonderfully done by all, and the intervention scene is a great climax to his story so far and a fitting end to the season. The life-changing impact of the trauma Carter went through throughout the season being the last thing we think of yeah can we that's one thing also one thing this season i feel like more than any other informs the rest of the series Mm. Mm -hmm. as a whole that yeah it's in a a way there's there's definitely laughs it's the season i think that is the least um how should I phrase this? Like it's the least, uh, all the other seasons up till now have de- have dealt a lot with like professional milestones of like, now Carter's a resident. Now Carter's a this, like now Carter's that like, it's the, it's the season that at the end of it relies the least amount on like those milestones and more on just like interpersonal drama and where these people are at in their personal lives and how fucked up things are from the beginning of this right. season to mm-hmm. the end. Good way to put it. And Aaron, I'm actually going to read your response today. <laughs> At the full-time dad says, what can I say that has, hasn't been said about season six? Well, maybe one thing. I find the dichotomy of what critics think of season six and what the fans think of it very intriguing. I've read several articles where they refer to season six as the beginning of the dull years. I've always scratched my head at that, at this characterization, as there was nothing dull about season six. By contrast, almost every fan I know ranks season six at the top or the very best in series in the franchise. I tend to fall in the fan group. Yes, it's almost blasphemous to consider a season that doesn't have George Clooney as the show's finest hour, but that's just about all that was missing. You've got incredible storytelling, both short and long arcs, that are excellent. You've got tragedy, sheer joy, pulse racing action, poignant and beautiful vignettes, excellent guest stars, and a huge ensemble clicking on all cylinders. Of course, in a 22-episode season, you'll have lulls, episodes 16 to 18, and some arcs that don't connect, Rollins, but for the most part, everything works. We get to say hello to Luca and Abby, who will help anchor the show during its later years, say goodbye to Carol, Jeannie, and tragically Lucy, and get to see the show's greatest episode and arguably its best season finale. And following along with you all this time around, the season still holds up under the intense scrutiny from my favorite podcast team around. Y'all are too nice. (laughs) Stop it. Oh, you. Oh, you. (laughs) All right. So this is where we are going to cut off uh, the the peasants. (laughs) We're, I'll hit her. Do you want me to hit I'm her? I'm choking. I'm choking. We know. Uh, we thank everyone who listens. Free yes. feed and Patreons and Patri- Patreons, patrons included. Uh, we are, the rest of the show, including the Tony Awards, will go be going up on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Don't listen to Jake as he always messes it up. Whoa! Oh! oh. <laughs> I ne- Don't believe the we, hype. We, I've never once messed it up. We, we love you free feed listeners, but we do got to give our paid content people a little extra exactly. something. And the full season recap episodes are only, are only one of many things that for only $5 a month you can get, including stickers, Lauren, read, Lauren reading triple X fan fiction, uh, 
I make Jake. no promises. <laughs> uh, Lauren and da- Lauren and Daniel uh, doing book reports. We do a whole bunch of stuff on there. And for only $5 a month, it can be yours. Uh, so, yeah. Anyone anyone have anything else they want to say to the free future? Guys, I don't think you Thank sold you. it hard <laughs> enough. What I'm saying is it's not only for the $5 tier you get all those goodies. All right. That's what I'm saying. It's like we're like that drug dealer who's trying to give that lady from the Goonies some drugs, even though that's probably a bad idea. And even though Carol really oversteps her bounds and has her fucking arrested, it's out of character for all of us. But you know what's more out of character is you not subscribing to the Setting the Tone (laughs) podcast for at least on the $5 tier. That's like the bare minimum. You're getting those fucking show notes. You're getting the lounge every month. But guess what? You got the $150 tier, and that's where Danny and Lauren get to walk around a flea market for a little bit doing Bernie Sanders impressions and talking to one David Green, because he <laughs> is excellent. I don't think he's with us, but that's why they go to the flea market to get a Ouija board. He, he is, is John, excellent. John, John Cullum We don't need the Ouija us. board, but you do need it to talk to uh, that one guy's kid from last season. Anyways, guys, go subscribe to the Patreon. These are... My best friends of the whole world. You're missing out on the retrospectives, guys. You get to talk about Carol oh. Hathaway, who should have left last season. You get to talk <laughs> about Jeannie Boulay, who basically got, like, kicked out the door this season. They were like, bam, you married a cop. Bam, you're adopting a kid. Bam, you're quitting the hospital. It's like three episodes out of fucking nowhere, too. It's crazy. And she was gone for, like, eight episodes last Look, all I'm saying is it wasn't exactly well thought, but you know what is? is the content that's on the Setting the Tone podcast Patreon feed. <laughs> and that is what you can do when you subscribe. Uh, Thank you, everybody. Jake, I love you so much. And just yep, cut it yep. there. Yeah. <laughs>